You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. The third pick in this year's draft goes to the Philadelphia 76ers. The second pick will be made by the Los Angeles Lakers. And that means that the number one pick in the 2015 NBA draft goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, we've got we've got to get to the the, the, the Vikings finally figured out sort of figured out their cap disaster. Like, they couldn't sign their draft picks. And then the Garrett Bradbury news came out during Purple Daily today. And then there was a corresponding move. We'll talk about that in a second. But Rami has been trying to recreate that exact moment that we just played Mm -hmm. from the 2015 NBA draft lottery. And I've done it. I've done it. I've I've been on Tankathon the whole show. The whole show. Not paying any attention to what Mackie or Judd are saying. Just over here on Tankathon doing NBA draft lottery sims. Over and over and over again. And now, as of now, and you can go to Ram, at Rami is tweeting if you don't believe me. I've gotten a number three pick. I've gotten two number two picks. And just now during the break, the Minnesota Timberwolves got the number one pick in my NBA draft lottery. So, wow. It's happening, everybody. There it is. Wow. It's happening. And wow. you can listen to it happen live <laughs> with me, Phil Mackey, and Danny Cunningham tonight. On our NBA draft lottery watch along okay. on Score North on fifteen hundred and across all platforms at SKOR North and go get that that app. It's available for the mobile Apple app. and Android. And uh, the mobile app, we will be the first to alert you if and when the Wolves win the lottery tonight. When you, you get push notifications. When and us. when. So Danny's gonna maintain journalistic objectivity. He's gonna be stoic, I'm guessing, for the most part, if the Wolves win the lottery. No, no, he won't. If they get Zion, we're freaking out. We're freaking out live on camera and on all of these platforms tonight. Danny's got Danny's got no chance. If the Wolves get that pick, he's got no chance. He will go crazy. (laughs) Yeah, you have it's his dream. Yeah. Cover Zion. He will be going. He'll be absolutely go, going uh, crazy. You know, though, of course, if the Wolves get Zion, you know that dude's shattering his ankle with a blown out shoe <laughs> again. You see, like that's one hundred percent happening. See, see what happens, Rami? You see? You see what happens? Sorry, it's the Minnesota sports fan to me. I'm sorry. But they had a caller call in and suggest that would happen. That exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be walking to the podium. He'll be going up the stairs. He'll trip. His leg will break. Yeah. That will be it. Or it'll be the first pitch at Target Field and the mound slanted and his shoe's not ready for the slanted mound and he'll step foot forward and wow. yeah, blow the wow. whole thing up. Wow. Are you more sure that the Twins are going to win the American League Central or that the Wolves are going to move up into the next Oh, no, I'm more sure about the Twins okay. because on that I have actual things to go on so your in Wolves making bro- that analysis. So your Wolves breaks are still, are still working? Oh, yeah. No, we just dropped a new transmission in that thing. We're not okay. even, it's not even moving yet to cut the breaks. Okay. Garrison Rosas was the new transmission 
and that vehicle. And now we now we're just trying to get it moving. Yeah. Now, now it's we, fair. We got to put wheels you got a on new it. Rosas. Right. Exactly. I got a. I, I got, got a, a new Rosas. I got a fifteen Rosas that I'm, I need to get. I need to get. Oh, this is a this is a cool car, Ron. Can is. I have a ride in it? it is that it what is. I think it is? A fifteen Rosas? It well, is. Hopefully, it has airbags. I'm building it piece by piece. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I can't get it out of the garage, Judd. As soon as it's ready, though, I'll take you for a ride. So uh, during during Purple Daily today. The news came down. The Vikings tweeted out, hey, we signed Garrett Bradbury. Look, everyone, we got our first-round pick. I saw that, and I was like, but you guys don't have money. You did? And Colin and I said the same thing on air. Okay, you signed Garrett Bradbury. What happened? They wrote wrote Garrett Bradbury an IOU. (laughs) You're going to want to keep that one. That's a Ferrari right there. Uh, And then the corresponding move was not a Kyle Rudolph trade or restructure. It was not a Xavier Rhodes trade or, or, or cutting... Riley Ree for any of the number of things they could do, they go to because the NFL salary cap is apparently all smoke and mirrors. They go to Eric Kendricks, who makes four million dollars, and they said, "Vidi vidi vici." Let's take two million of your four million and turn it into a signing bonus because the salary cap is fake. And you just NFL. got an extension last year, right? Explain so this like, to me, please. How does this work? Oh, I have no idea. They take money and they push it here and they shove it there and then they throw half in the bank and take half of it out. It's the great Zolgini. I just wish life worked financially like this. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Honey, I think we're broke. No, we're not. I just found $5,000. I just re- I just restructured my last paycheck. <laughs> I moved some into can next I, week. Yeah, can I restructure my paychecks here like, at Hubbard? What does that even mean? Like, how do you take a, four, a $4 million, this guy makes $4 million, we need to find $2 million so we can sign Garrett Bradbury. That'd basically be like if I came to you, my boss, and I was like, hey man, can I get half my salary as a signing bonus, t- bonus today? Today, could I? Could we do that today? That but is happen. that what happened? Is that basically so? what happened? I they think so. Well, actually, they went to him before said, before yeah. June. So they so is it if you if you take part of his salary for next year before June first is this cutoff right? Yes, and you give him two million dollars of the four right now. It relieves you of the four million of the full four million dollars for next year's cap, which shows how I understand which it. Shows this thing's just all pretty much fraudulent. <laughs> oh man. Right? The NFL is a beautiful thing. I was going to see if I could find the exact explanation because it is hilarious. But if we had, if, if they had this option in their back pocket the entire time, yeah. why did, like, what's the point of even going to Kyle Rudolph? Well, because they probably thought Kyle would do it. Hey, it's Kyle. He loves it here. And they could right? save even more money. He's Mikey. Yeah. He'll do it. He likes everything. And he's like, <laughs> bleep you. And they're like, yeah. okay. So is, is there, they're like a call sheet? Like, okay, we've tried R- Rudolph. Let's cross his name off. Who's next? Try Cousins. I can't do him. Cross his name off. It, it, it's like a call sheet. You just keep going down and calling guys' cell phones. Would you tell? Would you restructure? Will you restructure? And finally, some guy's going to be like, "Yeah, okay, whatever. I'll, yeah. I'll restructure." Yeah, I remember just a quick aside when when Kobe Bryant because like there's so much money in the NFL and it's certainly not that. Oh man, if we like at some point the salary cap is going to probably take another jump because players are going to hold out or something. And I remember when Kobe Bryant. <laughs> might have been after the Achilles tendon thing where he, he blew his Achilles out and then he rehabbed for a year and he came back and he was like 35 years old and they still gave him a two-year, $48 million contract. And they asked him, why did they, meaning like the media, why would you not take less money so that you could build a better team around you? Tim Duncan takes less money. 
LeBron and Wade took less money so they could get Chris Bosh in. Tom Brady takes less money to the cap in in New England. And I don't Col- think we can include Tom Brady in that discussion because Giselle makes more than him. Like it's, it's real easy to well, make that. Yeah. But to Tom, make that like decision. Tom on his own is fine too. Right. Like whether it's at this point he's probably worth a half billion dollars himself. Right? Probably. Yeah. True. But Kobe's answer was, and I'm summing this up. He goes. Because without this fake salary cap structure, I'm worth $70 million to the Lakers. Right. And it's like, it's ridiculous that I, like, so now I have to go from 24 down to 15. Like, at what point do we stand up for Stell? Like, what's, where's the line? And so I, like, and, and in this case, you're dealing with that sort of on a much smaller scale with the Vikings, where if you're Kyle Rudolph, you're thinking, this is ridiculous. Because ultimately, the system is arbitrary. Like these number, and I, I know that there 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 are formulas and, and algorithms that go into you know the the total pie and how they slice it up and give what they give to the players and everything else that goes into operations for a franchise. But to the players, for their purposes, for Kyle Rudolph, these numbers are pretty much arbitrary, and you're capping what I can make so that you can. Put together a system Correct. that you profit generously off of as as owners of this league, and then profit again when you decide to sell the team for ten times the value of what you bought it at. Like, and Kyle Rudolph beat the system by standing up well, because to, he knew he knew that they didn't have ultimately in that case a leg to stand on. So he basically called their bluff, and they're like, "Okay, we'll go to Eric. We'll move on." <laughs> Courtney Cronin has this. I'm I'm going to to read you exactly what she wrote about what Kendricks did. And I'll go sort of slow and tell me if you even begin to comprehend this. <clears throat> Kendricks converted around half of his base salary, $4.15 million in 2019, to a signing bonus to, okay. cre- to create, I'll, I'll slow down, to create the necessary cap room. Kendricks converted $2.15 million to a signing bonus, which leaves him with a $2.1 million base salary for 2019. Okay. And thus created around $1.72 million in cap savings for the Vikings, who entered the day with less than 700000 in cap room. So he makes the same amount of money. He just They just shuffled half of it to essentially a different part of the books. Okay. Right? That's how I... That's how I read but that's it. That's super con- weird. So he converted $2.15 million to a signing bonus, which leaves him with a two... Okay. So they they shuffled they shuffled what he makes around and thus got his base salary for 2019 down significantly to create the cap space to sign Brandon. Okay, I'm going to keep asking dumb questions because dang it, I need to know. So, he still makes 4.1 million dollars. He it's just classified differently. Yes. So 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 you said they're splitting the 4.1 in half. Basically Correct. it's 2.1 signing bonus, 2.1 base. Giving them 1.7 million in cap savings, which is a little confusing, but there might be like, yeah, it's, different yeah. like roster bonuses or something in there. Correct. So, so why is the 2.1 million dollar signing bonus not on this year's diff- cap? Like, is it on? Is it on the 2018 year cap? But that league year started in March. Would it be incredibly boring no. radio if we got a cap expert on? No, I don't think so. It might be interesting. I need no. to know. I, I need to know why is the NFL salary cap fake? No. We're- <laughs> Made up so they can do this type of thing. That's why they wrote the, they wrote the their own rules. Kyle, so we needed to take a bath. Just kidding. We'll just snap our fingers and so, make two million dollars go. Away. So with the two point one five million signing bonus, then to Phil's point, it certainly doesn't go back to two thousand eighteen. Then is it ex- 
accelerated into like 2020? I don't know. Because so, it can't be immediate then, right? Or it would count against the 2019. Time. We're getting some help from listeners here who are trying to figure this <laughs> out. Take so, pity on us. All right. So, so Billy... Imagine this, and we're immersed in this every single day. If you're a fan jumping in, too, I'm like, like, how confusing is this to everyone who isn't Rob Brzezinski? Uh, Billy Van Dorn tweets into the show, I believe signing bonuses are spread out salary cap-wise over all of the years on the deal. Okay. Um, and that sounds right. Okay, then but that would could put... You, yes. Couldn't you then just, like, make anything a signing bonus? And, do, like, you could... Right? Yeah I, I, yeah, I would think so. I don't know. The NFL, man. <laughs> Here we are, had all these in-depth conversations. Kyle Rudolph, they, it looks like they're going to have to release or trade him. This is going to... Oh, no, no. Well, I told all you we to write that... Kendricks up. I told you to write that down. That yeah, Robert Zinsky was going to wave his magic wand. I knew it was wand. all going to come back Somebody to Somebody was going to restructure. And you're not wrong. He always finds a way to make it work. Anybody at any point is a candidate for restructuring, right? Not Kirk Cousins. Well, no. I mean, if you have a fully guaranteed contract, <laughs> you probably Kirk aren't Cousins, coming off not... of that. But... Other than Kirk Cousins, almost anybody is always a candidate for restructuring. For the most part. Yeah, to, I mean, yeah, because even if you have one year left on your deal and it's ironclad guaranteed, you push it out. You could still, yeah, you could sign a four year extension and push some of that money out and smooth it out. So instead of $30 million cap hit, it's 20 or whatever. Which is one I think that their original goal with Kyle was to probably do yeah, the, something like that. The Vikings are geniuses at essentially taking the ball of dough and like using the roller to yeah. say, hey, let's. Let's instead of a big ball of dough this year, let's smooth it out over like three more years, Chad Greenway. <laughs> but or the Br- whatever. But the Brzin- the genius of Brzezinski is that they don't leave themselves with a ton of potential dead cap room in upcoming years. Yeah, that because that's the simplest thing, but that's the dangerous thing because then you're paying off guys four years after the fact, and you're in salary <laughs> cap hell then, and you can't fix that. Right. Um, we actually, whether it's today or maybe it's maybe it's a tomorrow thing. I would love five minutes with a cap expert. I'm down. I'm down. Andrew Brandt. from spotrack.com or spotrack.com. I might be able to track down an Andrew Brandt. Okay. He'd be great. Let's figure that out. And Um, he he actually does make this stuff interesting. That I do know. Andrew Brandt can can make good radio out of discussions like the one that we're having and gets it and understands it, unlike us. And we can just ask him, why is the NFL salary cap fake? Andrew, your thoughts? (laughs) Hey, it's easy to listen to Score North on 1500 on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, Judd. Awesome. Alexa, fire a coach. No, 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 no. It's Alexa, trade everybody. Judd, no, it's Alexa, open Score North. Alexa, more hockey. I want more hockey. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, and you can listen to Score North on 1500. Alexa, open Score North. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. This is fantastic. Okay. Yes, indeed. And if you have the Score North mobile app, you would have found a few push notifications today. Little uh, little news coming out of Vikingsville with the restructure of Eric Kendricks. Well, we update you on news. We send you links to uh, relevant articles from Judd Zolgad, Matthew Collar, and uh, hot takes from Rami, whatever it may be. We'll, uh, we'll send you a push notification. So does it just say hot take from Rami, the notification? With the fire emoji, that's right. All I the way until the end, until that's, we run out of characters. That's what I figured. Yep. No breaks on that sucker. No, sir. No. <laughs> no breaks to pump. Um, actually, one of the notifications that was sent out earlier today, uh, Danny Cunningham from ScoreNorth.com, uh, elaborating on the Adrian Wojnarowski and Mark Stein dueling reports about the Timberwolves opening up a coaching search. So Gerson Rosas likes Ryan Saunders, but 
According to Adrian Wojnarowski, he plans to interview at least Juwan Howard from uh, Miami, David Vanterpool from Portland, and uh, Mark Stein added another name here, Chris Finch, who is a New Orleans uh, Pelicans assistant coach. But he was with Rosas in Houston, was he not? That is correct, okay. yes. So what would you guys say are your most important qualities you're looking for in the next Timberwolves head coach, whether it's Ryan Saunders continued forward or a Jawan Howard or whoever else may pop up in the search process? As far as playing style, somebody who has a modern philosophy for, for the game of basketball. And by that, I mean, you look at the teams that are left in, in, in the NBA playoffs right now, and they're doing almost all their scoring either beyond the three-point line and in the paint. That's that's where teams are succeeding nowadays. And Although C.J. McCollum just lit it up from mid-range in a Game 7. And Kevin Durant will light you up from mid-range. That's, those, are, those are two of the anomalies in this, in this trend that, that has taken over the NBA. But I do think that that's where this league is heading. That's not where this league is heading. That's where this league is today. The three-pointer and scoring points in the paint are how you win basketball games. And if you can muster up any sort of defense, you're probably better than the other team you're playing on a given night on that side of the floor because defense is becoming more and more a rarity in the NBA. But I think more important than that is your your ability to manage people and 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 develop relationships. That's something that's been talked about a lot in the hiring of Rosas, and that's part of the reason why he was brought in because they feel like that's one of his strong suits is fostering relationships and interpersonal communication within an organization because and I know I know people have given up on this and and this ship has sailed or at least you think it has and I don't blame you for thinking that and I'm probably right there with you but the path of least resistance for the Timberwolves to get back to relevancy is to unlock Andrew Wiggins. And I know people are tired of hearing about unlocking Andrew Wiggins, and it's, uh, it's it's unlikely at this point in most people's eyes. And again, I'm with you. I'm just telling you that for this next coach, and I think this is one of the few things that was imposed on Rosas, was that it's it's on you and whoever you hire to re to 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 rebuild Andrew Wiggins to unlock to tap into whatever is there because that's how we get back to relevancy. If that was put on me, I walk out the door. I say you are looking for another sucker. Well, listen, listen to what he said. He said if I if I went out on the trade market or free agency yeah. right now, finding somebody with the upside of Andrew Wiggins yeah. would be borderline impossible. It's lip service. I don't. I, I don't. It's, it's no longer an edict to keep Andrew Wiggins. Well, I think the most important thing from from Rosas's standpoint, player wise. Is one guy, and that's Cat. I think everybody else is collateral damage. If they're gone, they're gone. If they're not, they're not. Andrew is an impossible guy. When, once again, he, you'll never trust him. So, but I do think that you walk in that door, and that job is extremely attractive because of Cat. Um, I agree with almost everything though that that Rami said about what you're looking for with the attributes of a new coach. And to me, the best example of that probably exists downtown right now. And and that person um, is in charge of a different team, but his name, Rocco Baldelli. If I'm Gerson Rosas, and the one thing about Ryan that would give me cause for pause is you've got to be completely on the same page as me. This is not the era or the time of I'm GM or president of basketball ops. I go get my coach. My coach coaches the game, and after the game, we talk about it, and we're like, ah, that was great, or that was terrible. What happened? If you look at what the Twins have done, and I do believe – that what the twins are doing is how sports are going. 
It's a very hand in hand. Everybody understands what the next person needs. Gone are the days of I get the players, you coach them, you write out who's going to start. I don't I don't get involved in that. I now believe it's a very um it's an atmosphere where where a lot of very important people make decisions that all make sense as part of a puzzle and together. And so the one thing that if I sit down with Ryan and I'm like, you're a really good kid and I like you and I think you've got a bright future, but what you're saying doesn't necessarily dovetail with what I want or need on a daily basis, that's an issue. So I really look at, as the example, what the Twins have done because, in my opinion, in basketball and baseball for sure, that's where sports are going now. Um, One thing you said I don't take issue with, but... I agree that Carl Anthony Towns is the is the central focus here, and obviously you have to tailor everything to him and get the most out of him. But I think the most important player is Andrew Wiggins because you either you have to do one of two things: you either have to trade him for something, yeah. like you got to get like no one's just going to take him. You're either going to have to swallow hard and trade him and not lose your ass on first round picks the next two or three years, or, and I'm starting to see Gerson Rosas's words at face value if if we could take them if they're honest I'm starting to see his side of the argument and that and this is coming from me like I am anti Andrew Wiggins he's one of the most he's one of the one of the biggest busts and least productive in terms of efficiency players in the NBA but if you're Gerson Rosas and your choices are attach a first round pick to him and take on someone else's bad contract just to get rid of him or roll up your sleeves and find a way to get something out of him. You're not going to get $30 million out of him, but find a way to get something out of him for this year so you can lessen the blow when you eventually have to trade him. Right? As a role player, absolutely. So can you turn him into Andre Iguodala light? And I really think, if you're, if, if to answer the question from a couple minutes ago, I think if you bring in a coach that can see eye-to-eye with Gerson Rosas, and maybe that's Ryan Saunders, it's ball movement, it's three-point centric, it's a coach who's empathetic and can put his arm around a Carl Anthony Towns and an Andrew Wiggins and empower them instead of browbeat them, which is what Tom Thibodeau did for the last three years. I think you can unlock this. I honestly think you can unlock Wiggins to be a serviceable, not all-star, but serviceable player. But what works with Cat's not going to work with Andrew. What it's do you mean? not. It's not going to be the, the same because... What makes Andrew so frustrating is he doesn't react to screaming and yelling, but then again, if he does something stupid and you don't bench him, he also goes backwards. Cat is Cat has faults, but you can coach Cat, and I think he'll be absolutely fine. And I think he is destined to develop into a superstar player. Andrew doesn't like to be yelled at, but then again, if he does if he puts up a stupid two-point shot and you don't yell and you're like, "Okay, Andrew, we need more from you." You don't get that. That's why I think he's probably a, a lost cause. But yeah, if you accept the fact that you could maybe turn him, as Danny said, into a corner three guy role player, that's fine. You just have to accept that. But if anybody comes to me and says, get the most from this kid and, and it needs to approach his contract, I'm telling them you're crazy. I'm actually, the more I think about this, I'm actually excited to see what Gerson Rosas and a new system and a coach that is in alignment with someone who's smart and forward-thinking, I'm excited to see what those things can do for Andrew Wiggins. He's never had that in his career. Wait, you just said you were excited? Yes. About, Track market. About Andrew Wiggins. Yes. yes. That just happened on these airwaves yeah, from I your am. mouth. Yeah. Yes. 
both you guys. I'm telling no, you. No, no, I don't want you. No, I'm not I'm there. Trying to help out. I'm, I'm not I'm there. Trying to help you. Out. I'm not there with Phil. That's not. I'm not excited about Andrew Wiggins. No, but but your twins caravans racing down the, the hill at 200 miles an hour. Well, yeah, that's a fun ride, man. He's excited to see what's going to happen with the guy that he knows is going to. He's going. And here's the problem: opening night or game two, you know what Andrew Wiggins is going to do. He's going to score 41 points or something, and we're all going to be like, well, that's this might be it. If he scores 41 points on layups, dunks, and corner threes, well, that's great process and a great result. I'm glad to hear that my friend Rami here is not there yet. My, my, I can't get there. My stance on Wiggins is not that I think that they'll unlock him. I think they think they can unlock him, and that's the plan, and that's what they've told Garrison Rosas he has to you do. And what? that's a better plan in 2019-20 yep. than trading two first-round picks with him. Oh, just I don't to want to do that. I, I just want the I want an acceptance of the fact that that he can be probably a role player, and that you have to accept. And this is from Glenn on down. You have to accept the fact that he's never going to, as we said before, approach that contract. And if you accept mm-hmm. that, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's like, think about the twins. It's totally different. Joe Maurer was a Hall of Fame caliber player for 10 years. Andrew Wiggins was like, has never been an all star, but, but Joe Maurer was clearly no longer a $23 million player once it got to a certain point in like 2014 or 15. And the, and the twins decided, okay, like, what's the best way we can just get the most out of him for however long he's here? Mm-hmm. And the answer is try to get 120 games, first base. And let's put him in spots where he's not going to face the tough, tough lefties. Like he'll sit sometimes against tough lefties. Maybe he can become a twelve or fifteen million dollar player. Mm-hmm. The ship sailed on twenty three. Maybe Wiggins can become a fifteen million dollar really good role player for the next two years, and then you can trade him if you need to in a couple of years. I mean, that's what they're looking at. Yeah. So all, all I'm and I'll, if that's what they're saying, that's fine. I think what I'm doing here is I'm accepting reality. I'm not going to bang my head against this wall anymore. I'm accepting reality. There's more. There's way more upside. There's not as much upside as everyone thought there was, but there's way more upside but, than he's given them right but now. But you're talking about Rosas and and his new hire as head coach of getting that from this guy. I think back to your question though is is what do I want from that job? What I want from that job is somebody who can work with me on everything and who understands what I'm thinking and vice versa, and that becomes incredibly important because that's to me, is what the Twins appear to have now. And you know what? 15 years back, it wasn't how yeah. things worked. Actually, you know, you know who a great example is here? Rudy Gay has been in the NBA for 13 years. I mean, Andrew Wiggins is basically... He's like diet Rudy Gay. He if if he could become Rudy Gay at some point and grab six seven rebounds once in a while, I think that would be a good finished product for Andrew Wiggins. So Rudy Gay with Memphis was a guy who played too many minutes. He shot inefficiently. Um, he just like he he, he kind of floated around. He was they were using him too much for what he was as a player. He's a role player that they were giving too many shots to, et cetera. Right. So he goes to the San Antonio Spurs, which is the northern star of basketball systems and organizations. Right. His, I'm going to spew a few stats at you guys. His effective field goal percentage went from like 44%, 48% with Memphis, Sacramento. Okay, it got to 50% a couple times, up to 55 with the Spurs last year. He grabs a career-high seven rebounds per game with the Spurs last year. While playing only 26 minutes a night. He was playing 40 minutes a night with Memphis six or seven years ago. So they said, all right, you're not a 40-minute guy. Andrew was playing 37, 40 minutes like, dude, you're not a 40-minute guy. Mm-hmm. 
Let's scale you back to 27, 30 minutes. Let's put you in spots where you can be efficient. And let's show you how to get seven rebounds in a game instead of three. But right? I think just as important as, as any system or putting him in the right spots to shoot the right shots. I th- this next coach, if Andrew Wiggins is part of the plan, needs to be a psychiatrist of sorts. A guy who can who can make Andrew Wiggins care, who can motivate him because and I'm not I'm not there are a lot of sports talk guys who throw that accusation around a lot. I think saying a player doesn't care or isn't trying as hard as they could is about as serious an accusation as you can make about a professional athlete. That's their livelihood, that's what they do. They didn't get here because they don't care or they're not competitive. I buy it with Andrew Wiggins. I don't think he loves basketball or cares about winning as much as a professional athlete should. I'm convinced that he's gotten here almost strictly on physical ability and talent that that made him shine better than anybody but, else did at lower levels, and that just doesn't work at the NBA. How level. are you going to change that? Though? I'm not I a mean, psychiatrist. Too many people have tried. I'm not too a, many people. I can't. I can't have that be. If, if I get this job, I can't have that be my my main focus. I want to get the most. From him, possible, but I also have a lot of other things to be concerned about. And my main point of focus starts with how can I make Cat as good as possible. So actually, so I here's how I see it: his Andrew Wiggins' lack of motor or lack of interest in basketball is what prevents him from being Kevin Durant or from being Tracy McGrady of this generation. Like he's because he doesn't care enough and because he doesn't work the way that Kobe worked in the offseason, get up at 2 in the morning and put 10,000 shots up and then like go through practice, because he's not that type of guy, that's why he's not a Kevin Durant or a top, like a, the number one overall pick that people thought he was going to be. That's not going to happen. But the difference between where he is now and just being an effective, complimentary player, to me is more about just being in the right spots and taking shots that make sense even if you're sort of lazy and don't love basketball. Rudy Gay, I just pulled this up, okay? Rudy Gay with the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, he, uh, only about 16% of his shots were threes. With the Spurs, 25% of his shots are threes, and most of them are from the corner. He shot 48% from corner three range. And they like that, and that that's like Wiggins' corner three percentage is like 45 for his career. Mm-hmm. I can promise you, even if he doesn't. Sure. Have a better motor or care more about basketball. They can stay. They can take the same old sleepy Andrew Wiggins and say, "Dude, take your nap in the corner instead of at the twenty foot elbow range and shoot from there instead." Contractually, when can I trade him? Like, well, I mean, you could trade him. No, no, no. But I'm, like I'm saying, I'm saying, July. without taking a bath and giving up a first round pick or a lot with him, when can I just trade him? I mean, it depends on. You could take the Dion Waiters contract. You could probably trade him. And a pick for like Dion Waiters and some other. Because like to Ronnie's point, Olenek I think you're year. right. I think he just doesn't care, and I don't need that. Like if, if I can, if I can use him for one or two more years effectively to shoot corner threes, okay. But ultimately, if I want to change the culture here and build something, I don't need a guy that basically is, has had that much talent at one time and doesn't give a damn. So my ultimate goal is when can I get out. Because I can't, I can't do this. But until you can get out, yeah, you're best served in continuing to try to tap into whatever is there and unlock him. Yeah, I just—it's a hard pill to swallow. But look at me, 
I'm swallowing that pill. Yeah, and he's. I but am... you won't be. <laughs> By November fifteenth, you'll be you'll be ticked off. But again. if he, if he but here's the thing. This is the beauty of it. On November fifteenth. Oh wait, he might have a huge game on November fourteenth. I take no, that back. But this, the thing that would make me mad on November, like the thing that makes me the most mad about Wiggins is not. Is not like when he gets blocked at the rim or when he like I get mad when he pulls up obliviously from 19 feet with a hand in his face in 2019. What are you doing? That's not going to happen on a regular basis with Gerson Rosas running this and whoever the coach is. It's not. He's you not going to play. You hope it's not. It's not. He's not going to play 35 minutes if he's taking those shots. He's not. Mark, track mark. I feel like too. he's trying to convince himself at this <laughs> yeah. point. I really got. I just want to. I just want to trade him. Telling himself that. I just want to trade him as soon as possible. Uh, I just saw Danny Cunningham's latest on ScoreNorth.com with about less than two hours until the NBA draft lottery, and we will have a special live raised by wolves edition uh, of the show tonight. An hour, Forty nine minutes and sixteen seconds to be exact. Tankathon.com. <laughs> yes. This is the this is Christmas for Tankathon.com. Oh, man. And uh, Danny poses the question, what if the Wolves win the lottery? Well, let's ask. We're gonna Royce's on vacation in Montreal, so we're gonna wrap with Danny when we come back here to the TCL studios, where uh, we're gonna be watching the lottery on a fifty-five inch TCL four K Roku beauty. If we wanted to, we could stream the ESPN uh, family of channels because you get four thousand plus streaming channels. Just toggle back and forth between whatever it is that you subscribe to, whether it's cable or satellite, and then back over to your streaming channels. It's very, very easy with uh, the, with the Roku built into the TV and the in the mini uh, Roku remote control. You can stop into any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities and find out for yourself why TCL has become America's fastest growing TV brand and one of the top TV companies in the world. It's a combination of price, streaming options, and picture quality. Compare all of them to other brand TVs, and it's going to be a no-brainer. We've seen a lot of the listeners of the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show send us pictures and keep sending them. They've been tweeting us pictures of their TCL TV setups in their living rooms. We've got TCL TVs all over the studios and the hallways here. America's fastest-growing TV brand, TCLUSA.com. Real quick here, just play a clip. This is from the Scoop podcast on Friday from last week. Uh, Doogie had Glenn Taylor. Glenn Taylor makes like monthly appearances on the Scoop podcast. And he talked about, go listen to the whole thing. It's available on scorenorth.com and the Scorenorth mobile app. But Gerson Rosas on Andrew Wiggins here. Actually, this is our, sorry, Glenn Taylor on Andrew Wiggins. Well, I think, you know, Andrew, uh, of course, I've talked to Andrew because uh, I want the same thing. I would just say that Andrew uh, responds to me, and uh, and I know the response to uh, interim coach Ryan has been that he he is willing to do that. Uh, willing to put in the work. So, but it's kind of the interim same, coach same Ryan. Way. Is that what he called? It? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> well, I just want to play one more. We'll Why get... did it sound like he was calling from 1927? <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. Sounds like he's on the old phone where they yeah. like rotary dial. The candlestick up. phone. <laughs> like, Hello, operator. See... Can you connect me to Score North, please? <laughs> I need Winnetka Avenue. <laughs> Did you guys see that video? Let's bring Danny Cunningham in here from uh, okay. Raised by Wolves. It's Danny Cunningham. <laughs> Cluster Fun and ScoreNorth.com. Have you guys seen that video of like parents made their teenage kids? They put one yes. of those rotary phones yeah. down. And gave them two minutes to dial this phone number. Yes. And they had they could put they their could heads together and figure, figure it out. out. They were like, like pushing one the kid buttons. took it off the hook and he's like, I think this is what we do. <laughs> he's like, How do you turn it on? 
and he picked it up and he's like, oh, there's a dial tone. Oh, where's yeah. the internet? Danny, can you do you do you think you can make a call on a rotary phone? Have you ever attempted such a thing? I I like to think I'd figure it out. I'm good at thinking on my feet, but I also have never attempted, and I'm not sure that it would actually get done. But I'd give it the good old college try. All right, we, we should try. We need to do this. You've this never had so you've never you've never used one at all. Like back in the Dude, day, I'm your parents' house. Yeah, your parents I'm might have had one. Dud. Yeah, wow. we had cordless when I was growing up. All those old, where you'd pull up the th- the uh, antenna, those always stunk. So you don't even know the the struggle of, of the telephone hanging on the kitchen wall that you're tethered to then, huh? Uh, barely, barely. I, I wow. do remember that, but we also, we had cordless. Like, it wasn't, I, I, don't, I really don't know a rotary phone. I know the phone being on the kitchen wall a little bit more, but not a whole ton. Well, how about just the struggle of having to know people's phone numbers in your head? Like, oh, that's, that's something that's is nice know, to time. So I know my mother's phone number. I know my father's phone number. I actually don't know my sister's phone number, which I should. I know my grandmother's home phone number. And I know my own phone phone number, too. But I think that I, and I might know the phone number of, like, one or two close friends. But that's where the list ends. I think that's better than me. That's better, yes. I don't know Dawn's work phone. I know her cell phone. I know my parents' home phone, and I think that's it. I know my mom's cell phone, but she passed away two years ago. That's, that's not going to be very number. useful. It's the only number that's, right now. Yeah, that's not going to be very useful. <laughs> I got bad news for you. Yeah. Uh, so, Danny, I'm just going to throw your headline uh, at you here, and then you you fill in however you want here. What if the Wolves actually win the lottery tonight? It would be a franchise-changing moment. It would arguably be the biggest moment in franchise history. Yes, drafting Carl Anthony Towns was big, and drafting Kevin Garnett was big, and there have been some relatively big moments for the Wolves, but they could have the opportunity to draft a guy that could be a truly transcendent NBA player. And, yeah, Carl was a highly regarded player coming out of Kentucky, but he wasn't this. And we know he's developed into something great, but he wasn't regarded the way Zion's regarded. It could change the trajectory of this franchise. It could give them real expectations. It could give them, a couple years from now, a legitimate championship window. And when have we ever in the history of the Minnesota Timberwolves actually been able to say that confidently? Tonight could be one of the biggest nights in franchise history. And, yeah, there's only a 3% chance, but there is a chance that tonight's a night that Wolves fans will remember forever. Is there any debate about who will go first overall in this draft? No, this is the first time in the NBA since, at least 2012, that there is a consensus number one overall pick. Back then, it was Anthony Davis coming out of Kentucky. Obviously, right now, it's Zion. Uh, the Carl the Anthony Towns draft, there was debate between he and Jaleel Okafor. In the Andrew Wiggins draft, there was debate between Andrew or Jabari Parker, or and it probably would have been Joel Embiid had Embiid not been hurt. So this is the first time in quite a while that there hasn't been debate over who's going number one. Overall, and you can make the argument that this is the the most hyped that a prospect has been coming out of the draft since LeBron back in '03. Do you think there's an argument to be made that John ja Morant is a better fit for the Wolves, considering you already have Carl Anthony Towns down around the hoop than than Zion Williamson might be? I don't think so. I do, I will say this: I do think John ja Morant would be a terrific a terrific fit in Minneapolis. I think his skill set would fit in really well with what the Wolves need. But I think that there's no 
no way you should pass on Zion Williamson should he be available. I think that the potential, the star potential, just what he could do to change your franchise is far greater. It means far more to the franchise than any potential on-court fit with John Morant would. Yeah, I think uh, sign me up for either of those scenarios, obviously, because oh, of course, it's super yeah, you fun. Take that 10 out of 10 times if you can, but if you have your pick, you're picking Zion Williamson. Yeah. What do you think of the news? So they just put the percentage back up here, and they, in order to sort of flatten out the percent chance and to give other teams a higher percent chance, they've 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 taken the top tanking reward percentage from twenty two percent down to fourteen percent. Um, do you like the new format of draft lottery? I mean, it does give a team like the Timberwolves an extra ping pong ball, I guess, compared to where they would have been a couple of years ago. I think. I love it. I I think that it's a great thing. And we probably would not be nearly this excited about tonight had it been, oh, well, the Knicks have a 25% chance at at getting Zion. And then the Cavs and the Suns are tied at like 16% chance. It it adds so much more fun and intrigue and questions into the draft lottery night. Like tonight is one of the most, it's probably a top three lottery night in NBA history just because so many franchises have the potential to be drastically changed. We'll be feeling the effects of tonight's results for the next decade. And there's not a doubt in my mind that so many franchises could go from potentially having a really nice run as a group of players to legitimately being championship contenders and maybe winning multiple titles because of how tonight goes. Yeah, and you were, you, we were talking earlier on Raised by Wolves. There is... There are a lot of moving pieces in this in this draft lottery tonight. Depending on where the ping pong balls fall, the, the Celtics could have two picks in the top ten. Um, who is the other team that you said could have two picks? Atlanta could have two picks in the top ten, right? Correct. Both Atlanta and Boston could have two picks in the top ten. So Boston will get Memphis's pick if it falls outside the top eight. That pick is top eight protected because of the Jeff Green trade from way back when. Um, if it falls one through eight, the Grizzlies get it. They're currently slotted at eight. So for Boston to get that pick, a team behind Memphis, such as the Minnesota Timberwolves, would jump into the top four and Memphis would slide back to nine and then that pick would be sent to Boston. Boston also could potentially get and likely will get the Sacramento Kings pick that's unprotected. However, if it is number one overall, it goes to Philadelphia. It was a pick that was traded from Sacramento to Philadelphia, and then Philadelphia traded it with an additional protection to Boston in order to get Markel Fultz back uh, in 2017, if you guys remember that trade. That's the second time you explained it to me today, and still confused. So I'll need you to explain it a third time tonight on our draft lottery watch-along here on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Uh, I'm not looking forward to anything more than I'm looking forward to that, Robert. <laughs> so, Danny, if the Wolves don't get this pick, which, of course, as I told you today, they probably won't because I've been here for a long time and they never get this pick, where is where in your basketball-loving mind would you most like to see Zion go? I think that the best on-court fit for Zion would be in Atlanta. I think that the Hawks go from a team that has a really nice group of young players and Trey Young, who had a very strong rookie season. John Collins, who just finished up his second year. Kevin Herter, who's a nice rookie from last year. If they can add Zion to that core, they become a team that three or four years down the road. So we're looking at 2022, 2023, years like that. They're a team that is going to legitimately be competing for NBA championships because they'll be just that good. And they could potentially have another number one or another 
top 10 pick to add to that group. And it, it's scary to think about just how good they can be. I think that the other fit I would be really excited for basketball-wise would be Dallas because they've got Luka Doncic, who I think is a potential future MVP. They've got Kristaps Porzingis, and if he's healthy, we all know that he is an all-star, all-NBA caliber type of player. And adding Zion to those guys would also be incredible, and it would give them a legitimate championship window not too far in the future. So those are two fits that I think would be really fun to watch just as a basketball fan in the future. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at Real D Cunningham. Real D Cunningham on Twitter. Danny Cunningham from scorenorth.com, Raised by Wolves, and our daily live video streaming show called Cluster Fun. And also, we just launched a new Sunday show from 10 until noon with Manny Hill and Danny Cunningham called Score North Sunday. So uh, those are all the places you can find Danny Cunningham and sometimes Uptown Bars also. But only when there's yeah, not NBA uptown. things happening. Yeah, so the the frequency, I'll be at Uptown Bars, will increase in about a month once the NBA Finals uh, finish out and stuff like that. My, I haven't been visiting quite as much because I've been busy being glued to my TV just about every single night for the past month and a half. Yes, it's been, uh, it's been surprisingly amazingly fun without LeBron James the last month or so. Danny, we'll see you in an hour for a special Raised by Wolves lottery edition here on Score North. Drive safe. Light wait, rail guys. safe. All right, see ya. Beat in. All right. Oh, Danny wants pizza for the show tonight. I forgot to tell you that. Danny wants pizza. We could maybe figure something out. We could probably figure something out. He's at bars constantly now. Well, hell yeah. I love how he's like, oh, in a month or so, I'll be out a lot. He and I were watching an NBA playoff game yeah. at an uptown bar like two weeks ago. I don't know He's not sitting at home and watching Exactly. The That's the know, biggest bunch kidding. of bleep. <laughs> uh, Roycey on baseball, part of the Score North Twin Show, when we come back here. But stick around throughout the rest of the night. Like we said, a Raised by a Wolves live lottery special. We'll see what happens. Mackie and Judd with Rami, podcastable on the Score North mobile app or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. See you guys tomorrow. So again, um, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.